Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, one of my favorite teachers, says we need the mud in order to make the lotus. These days, many of us seem to be stuck in that proverbial mud. Many of you have told me that you're going through hard times and that you're trudging through one difficulty after the next. We heard it in our concerns today. And it's been like that for me too. We just sang, I am so blessed, but sometimes it's really hard to find that sense of gratitude when life is difficult. Not only are we all facing the struggles of ordinary life, but we're not yet through this pandemic and there's no clear end in sight. And meanwhile, climate change is worsening and we don't seem to be acting urgently enough to affect change. And of course, the divisions in our society are deepening while our American justice system seems to work for the few but leaves many behind. And on a personal level, some of you have lost loved ones and our hearts go out to you. Or you're facing the illness of your beloveds during this time. And others are struggling with their own diagnoses or upcoming operations, or you're confronting challenges in your relationships or work. And with all of this, many of us are feeling profoundly exhausted and dealing with decision fatigue. Is it safe to go out, to be with people indoors, to resume life as before or not? And can we travel or is it okay to sing? No one really knows the answers. It's like we're running a second marathon now without a break after the first and no clear end in sight. And there seems to be little solid ground for us to stand on. It's like we're trudging through mud and occasionally there's a plank of wood that we can cross on and get on and find more solid footing. And then it wobbles and we fall right back into the mud, right? We're still in that liminal, uncomfortable blah in between time in which it's hard to really move forward with clarity. So how do we find gratitude this Thanksgiving when some of us don't necessarily feel that grateful? When it's harder to have the kind of Thanksgiving that we had in the before times? When traveling is complicated and we continue to face multiple challenges? Now we know that gratitude is proven to lift our spirits and increase our happiness. But sometimes it feels like one more thing that's hard to do amidst life's challenges. Does anyone else feel that way? It's good to see real people and have people <laughs> respond and don't be afraid to make noise. I have been preaching to a dead screen for, <laughs> for almost two years. Not that you guys are dead, but I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't see your reactions while I'm also trying to preach. That's what I mean. So it's lovely. Please just make noise, whatever kind. <laughs> so my loves, how do we find Thich Nhat Hanh's lotus flower blossoming amidst the mud. The lotus flower is an extraordinary reminder of beauty emerging from tough situations. It germinates in the thickest melee of mud, muck, fish, insects, and dirt. 
And at times this thick sludge can appear overwhelming and unrelenting for the single stem of the lotus flower to come through. It somehow has to find its way through the tangles and mud to emerge into the light and blossom. Yet the lotus also needs the mud for its nutrients. It needs the dark, tangled chaos to grow strong. And it emerges slowly from seeds that have lain dormant sometimes for over a thousand years. Can you believe it? As the seed gradually absorbs what nutrients it can find in the mud, it is enticed out of the chaos by the sun. And as it grows and rises through the mud, the pod eventually breaks through and flowers into the most spectacular blossom. And if those of you can't picture what a lotus blossom looks like, I invite you when you go home to look it up. It is just the most spectacularly beautiful flower. And then at night, the lotus flower folds up and dips below the surface to emerge again another day. It is said that the lotus flower can live for over a thousand years this way, dipping into the muck, spreading its roots and anchoring itself in the mud only to re-emerge stronger and more beautiful into the light again and again. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. In Buddhism, the lotus flower is a symbol of potential, of resilience and awakening. It knows suffering and hardship, but it isn't constrained by it. Rather, it's made even more beautiful by it. It learns from the struggle and develops the strength to blossom into a radiant flower. The lotus is characterized as having a depth of beauty, of soulfulness, a compassion honed by the challenges it has overcome. After being dormant for a while, it revives again and again, sometimes over millennia. And despite its challenging beginnings, or maybe because of them, it is one of the longest surviving organisms on earth. Now I find great comfort in this image. I hope you do too. My beloveds, we're all in our own ways, becoming lotus flowers through the mud of this time. And we don't have to be squelched by the mud. What if instead, what if instead we're being honed by it? Taught reserves of strength, soulfulness, compassion, and beauty. Growing radiant blossoms despite the struggle. And we have to remember that we can emerge. We must balance our experiences of light and dark so as not to drown in the mud. American meditation teacher Sharon Salzberg in her book, Real Change, which I commend to you, talks about one of her very tough, demanding Burmese meditation teachers. And one day during practice, someone who was in pain asked him, how long should I pay attention to physical pain before I move my attention to something easier, something like, um, listening to sound or paying attention to a part of my body that doesn't hurt or consciously shifting to something like loving kindness for yourself or others. And Salzburg says, I thought that given his usual intensity, he would suggest something like, 
You should be with a pain until you fall over. But instead he replied, don't be with it very long. Pay attention to something easier and then bring your attention back to the pain. Leave it again. He went on, it's not wrong to just be with the pain and be with the pain and be with the pain if that's what you want. But you'll likely get exhausted. Why not build in balance all along the way? Building in balance and titrating our experience works equally well for heartache or for trauma that comes up or for the extremely difficult kinds of circumstances we've all been through over this last year. Just allow a little at a time of the difficulty, titrate, be aware of the pain, acknowledge it, and then consciously move your attention elsewhere. Focus on something easier or uplifting for a little while, and then you'll have more capacity to be with the difficulty again for brief periods. This is why finding gratitude, even amidst the greatest of struggles, is so important. Take our attention off the difficulty for a while and focus on pleasant sensations in your body or something beautiful in the environment around us or something, just one thing good in your life. Gratitude, my friends, is a habit that we can cultivate. Our nervous systems are wired to look for the bad, for the threat, for the hard things in life, for the things we need to protect ourselves from. But most of the time, at least in the Western world, we're relatively safe. So we can afford moments looking for what's good. Now, unfortunately, things that are good are somewhat like Teflon in our memories. Pleasant experiences don't stick in our long-term memories as long and or as easily. We have a much easier time remembering what's difficult or problematic, right? Yeah. It's not our fault, my friends. It's how we're wired so that we can survive the potential tiger coming to attack us. But what if we focus, when we focus our attention on good things, we actually work to take them in? What if we practice staying with and focusing on our pleasant experiences, absorb them, spend at least three seconds, science says that that's what you need to do, taking them in and being present with the experience. Imagine smelling a rose. Just imagine that with me right now. Notice your sensations and thoughts as you smell it, installing that fragrant memory in your consciousness. Pleasant experiences are all around us. They're just waiting there to be noticed by us. We can choose to notice them at any time. How do you think that might transform our reality? Sharon Salzberg encourages us to open our minds and hearts and stay in touch with the light, to practice gladdening our minds cultivating generosity, acknowledging joy, seeing what we have to be grateful for. And in doing so, we build an inner resource that enables us to process through anything, she says. 
So are you willing to practice this in a brief meditation together now? Yes. Wonderful. And I hope you online will join us too in this brief meditation. I invite you to find a comfortable posture in which you can feel both alert and relaxed. You might wish to close your eyes or just lower your gaze if that's more comfortable. Allow yourself to feel grounded with your feet on the floor and supported by the earth and your seat. And now I invite you to allow a gentle half smile to form on your face with a slight upcurling of your lips. And notice how this slight smile affects your mind. Take a few longer breaths and bring a calming energy to your body. And now allow the breath to find its own natural rhythm. And I invite you to begin noticing the sensations in your body, both where there's discomfort and where there's ease. And if you wish, you can toggle back and forth between them in your awareness. Perhaps there's a knot in your stomach but your hands feel relaxed, or your shoulders are tight, and your feet feel at ease on the ground. Just notice these differing sensations and let your attention wander back and forth between them. Now I invite you to recall something that brings you joy. What brings you a feeling of contentment and well-being? Perhaps being out in nature, in the mountains or by the ocean. Maybe dancing or painting, knitting or singing or being back in your beloved church home. Or being with a loved one or a pet. Recall a time when you experienced this well-being Without trying to make anything happen, I invite you just to relax and enjoy the memory. Notice how it feels in your body as you recall the experience. Notice how it feels in your heart and mind. Let your awareness rest in this feeling of well-being. Now take another longer breath. And now bring to mind some blessing in your life, someone or something that you're grateful for or grateful to. As you think of this blessing, recall an image of this person or being or circumstance. Where do you feel that in your body? You might wish to offer a simple, silent thank you right from your heart to that being or person in your life. Relax in the feeling of gratitude as it pervades your body. Now I invite you to open to the fact that you are alive. 
as you relax, feel life as it moves through you without you needing to make anything happen. Be aware of this breath that is sustaining you and keeping you alive. Be aware of the blood flowing through your body, nourishing every cell. Your senses taking in colors and sounds, fragrances and tastes and making sense of the world. Just become aware of all the miraculous bodily processes that are keeping you alive right now. And perhaps whisker, whisper a thank you to yourself. And now take another long, slow breath of gratitude. And as we come to the end of our meditation, let yourself slowly open to your surroundings, taking in all the goodness inside and around you with appreciation as you gradually, gently open your eyes. How do you feel now? Did you notice how your body felt when you thought of things that are good in your life? Now imagine consciously turning your attention to pleasant experiences and emotions, even in the midst of hard times. My meditation teacher, Jack Cornfield says, the true task of spiritual life is not found in faraway places or unusual states of consciousness. It is right here in the present. It asks of us a welcoming spirit to greet all that life presents to us with a wise, respectful, and kindly heart. We can bow to both the beauty and the suffering. So what does it mean to bow to the suffering? It can be really easy to find gratitude when things are going well, but the real spiritual challenge is also to find gratitude in times when life is difficult, right? To be grateful for that transforming cauldron, for that mud that hones and shapes us. The key here is to stay present and acknowledge the difficulty, give it space while being enormously kind and compassionate with yourself. You might want to put your hand on your heart during these difficult times and say something like, yes, this is hard and I'm here with you. Or this too. This too, my darling. Just acknowledge the pain, the hurt, the struggle, and be with yourself with compassion. It's not about having gratitude. It's about finding gratitude, even when it's hard. In closing, I want to share a story with you that really inspired me this week. Haley Bartholomew, a young Australian woman tells about a time that she was continuously mired in depression. She could no longer find any life, any joy in life. 
So Haley decided to go visit a nun for spiritual direction. And the nun told her that she would find happiness within only through regular reflection and a practice of gratitude. So Haley went home and started to begin to pay more attention to the ordinary moments of her life and focus on small things that she might be grateful for. A photographer, Haley decided to photograph at least one thing a day that made her take notice. Something that she found intriguing or interesting or beautiful. And with it, she began her 365 days of gratitude through pictures practice. And she began looking for the good, for the unusual, for the precious among the daily mud of her existence. And she noticed increasing amounts of beauty as she did this. She observed the special things that her husband did, like giving her the biggest piece of pie or bringing her ice cream on a hot day when before she'd taken those things for granted. And she began noticing delightful, quirky moments with her children. Rather than focusing on the struggles, she noticed a ladybug sitting on her daughter's shoulder or their laughter or them dressing up like candy canes one Christmas. This practice of looking for the good around her began to absolutely transform her life and lifted her out of depression and it transformed her family's life. Her husband started to feel like he was finally good enough for his wife. And her children grew happier and more connected to their mother because she was looking for the good in them, not for the problems. And she was expressing what she could be grateful for. And Haley's daily practice inspired thousands of others to do the same. And it has led to a blog and a TED talk and many other people undertaking this practice. And I've been trying this practice this week too. And it really works, I have to say. It's uplifted my spirits in ways I couldn't imagine. It's fun to be a detective for the good around us all the time. And I'm taking my phone out and taking pictures all day long and then putting them in my journal in the evening. And it really makes a difference. So my beloveds, despite the many challenges currently, I invite us all, all of us, to look for the good. Are you willing to give it a try? Titrate the good with the bad stuff. Toggle back and forth like we did in that meditation. Pay attention to the good things and linger on them longer so that you can affix them into your memory. And practice the habit of gratitude even when things are hard or maybe especially when things are hard so that life will be in better balance. My dear ones, I wish you all a Thanksgiving overflowing with precious moments to balance out anything that's hard. May you be uplifted by the smallest things and remember the great abundance surrounding us all. And after our service today, we're going to celebrate that abundance through our symbolic bread ritual and i look forward to as many of you as possible coming over and joining us for that
May it be so.